What is up, everybody? Uh, my name is Chris McLean. This is Hater Radio, uh, a brand dedicated to college football. Um, I'm just going to get right into it because I don't have much time today. I'm actually going to see the new Scorsese movie, but uh, and I got my ghost shirt on. Happy Halloween, everybody, because I, I know most people will see this in the next couple of days and more than likely right on Halloween. So uh, I'm just going to get into it. This is the week nine recap. Um, obviously a terrible day for Florida yesterday. I, um, you know, it's just frustrating because, you know, I was coming into the game. I was, in my mind, I was like equating where this team was at to where Dan Mullen had the team at, uh, in 2018 to 2019. So thinking, okay, they kind of got waxed in the 2018 game against Georgia and then the 2019 game they uh, got it to a one score game and then the next year they smoked them so I was like okay we're right in that progression but you know obviously you know each team each game has its own development and you know its own thing its own like type of story and you know for the most part this team uh has done okay so far they're five and three after this game um it's just uh it's frustrating i guess i'm mainly as a fan and that's what we are we're a fan-based uh you know analysis that we give um you know it's it's frustrating because it's you know i want the team to be better and seems like in certain aspects they have been better um you know there's a lot of uh freshmen and sophomores out there uh, there are a lot of guys that are transfers that are trying to fill gaps um, that maybe haven't been as good as they possibly could be. And that may be the failing there where other schools may have gotten better transfers. I mean, if you look at Florida State, you know, they've gotten uh, Keon Coleman, which has been a great wide receiver for them. Um, but, you know, Florida's the ones they've gotten have done, you know, there's, there's some some transfers have done well. Cam Jackson has been pretty good. Um, you know, uh, the secondary pieces have been kind of eh. And same with, you could say, the linebacking pieces that are the, the portal players. And the O-line players as well have struggled immensely. The, the right and left tackle for Florida, if it was Austin Barber or George, you know, just completely – um, you know, Olaid the entire game. I mean, it was they they couldn't block uh, Georgia's uh, ends at all. And you know, for a team that averages less than two sacks a game to have four is pretty telling. And I mean, that was the story of the game. And honestly, really, if you look at that second quarter where it should have been a first down, gets reviewed in, going into the second quarter. Uh, gets overturned. It's fourth and short. They run that ridiculous play. I mean, I don't know if it works in practice, maybe try it, but it's, you know, you're going up against a really uh, astute defense in Georgia. So it's really, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right play call. I think if you're, if you really are going to go for it there, you need to just go for the the brotherly shove and just go for it and push him into it and hope that you get it. And if you don't, then at least you tried that way, which is, seemingly a high percentage play um i don't know it's just that play happened or let me get back into the, the this before i tangented there on that fourth down play you know that fourth down happens um it uh but let me backtrack a little on that pressure that they were getting uh georgia was getting there was a, a sack fumble as well that uh uh cut short a drive that was at the 50 um, so that's one fumble. They they didn't recover, so that was the good thing at least. Then the fourth down play, Georgia gets a short field, punches it in, 17-7. Uh, next possession, literally like next play, uh, sack fumble again. Georgia recovers, uh, capitalizes again, another touchdown. And at that point, it was 24-7. They got a, a safety after a block punt. 26-7 and you know the defense made some stops there where if the offense had just 
put up anything. I mean, like literally if they had like gotten a field goal in a couple of those possessions and, you know, specifically I look at that last drive of the half where Ricky gets that big catch and they're at midfield and they don't get anything out of that drive. And that's, that honestly, that was very disappointing because it's like, at least if they give some hope into the half, okay, we're only down 26, 14. There's a lot to play for, you know, being only down 12 is not the end of the world. I know they hadn't been stopping them, but at the same time, they put the defenses in short fields multiple times. So it was, you know, easy for Georgia to capitalize off that when they're only having to go 20 plus yards to get touchdowns. But um, no, it just was frustrating because the offense was not doing anything at all. Couldn't put up any points. And even into the third quarter, defense was still making stops. And then it was like, you know, they just were out there too long. The offense was not putting together drives at all. You know, they finally put two drives together in the fourth quarter, but it didn't matter. The game was way out of hand at that point. Um, they needed to put this stuff together. They had put one drive before those two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. They put a drive that got to like the 20 and the fourth down play. I mean, Trevor Etienne is definitely, you know, probably number two to um, Eugene Wilson as far as playmaking ability on the team. And you do want your playmakers to have the ball on a play like that, you know, hoping that, you know, a defender will miss. But I mean, it's tough because it's like George's defenders don't miss much and they're really sound tacklers. So you're almost better off making that route just go towards the first down marker. I, I don't know. I I get where the, the thought is there because it's worked, you know, it worked against South Carolina. But this ain't South Carolina. Georgia is a much better team than South Carolina's defense. I think South Carolina's defense is like 100-plus in their uh, uh, defensive rankings. So, you know, and Georgia's like first in, all, in, in plenty of rankings, uh, most being uh, third down and fourth down stops, which they got plenty here. I mean, I know Florida actually wasn't uh, completely terrible on third down stops. I think they got our third down – it was four of 11, which is still bad. You know, it's, uh, and they were over two on fourth down. So that's even worse. I just, it just was frustrating. It really was. Cause they only had between the two teams, which I'm amazed at this between the two teams, there was only four penalties. I know there were a couple declined, but four penalties between these two teams. That's surprising. I mean, just cause Florida's had so many throughout the last couple of years, and, uh, you know, Florida had only that one fumble lost. And, you know, those four, that fourth downs, that one fourth down uh, turnover on downs was really, you know, the, the, that was the difference, really. It, the second quarter where they don't make the fourth down and they sack fumble on like the very next play after they uh, score that and they scored right after that, too. So there was like basically I don't even know how you can compute that because it's like. One, they stop a drive, so potentially could have gotten a field goal if they keep driving there. I know it's much more difficult to gauge that because it's an uh, an early stop on their side of the 50. Um, but potentially, you could say, if they kept it going. Um, and then uh, Georgia scores seven, and then the fumble, and then seven again. So, I mean... It's difficult to say what the swing was, but it was still that was the all like that was basically the story of the game right there. And it seems eerily similar. I know they brought it up in the broadcast about the Anthony Richardson uh, multiple turnovers resulting in scores near the end of the second. So it's it's frustrating to see that happen again when it's like, you know, the first drive. I mean, the first drive was great. You know, they're out there. They're moving down the field. They scored. You know, things were clicking. Eugene Wilson was making plays. Um, you know, it was, I don't know. It's frustrating to see go up 7 nothing and then get outscored 43 to um, 13 from that point on. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm just, I'm at a loss for words, really. I am because I just wanted better. I wanted to see improvement because I knew I mean, me and Ian both predicted that Florida were not going to win this game. I mean, I I was being as realist as I could 
with my picks. And I knew that Florida was probably going to lose. I just didn't think they were going to lose in this way. And that's what was frustrating. I wanted them to be competitive. I wanted them to get, I wanted them to get the game into the fourth quarter, putting game pressure on Georgia. And I knew Georgia would probably win anyways, but I would have just wanted Florida to just, you know, be right there and show improvement and look like things are progressing. And this not necessarily is a step back. It's just more of a, like, uh, it's just like, ah, like why, why did we have to play so bad? I I'm saying we, but I mean, they, I know I should not say that, but um, why did they have to play so bad? Um, I don't know. I mean, the offensive line is not there. They're definitely, you know, they're not even close to being up to a like average SEC line. And they need to be that to at least have a chance. They've got to give the quarterback, you know, some time, any time to really make plays. I mean, even on like screen plays, they were getting snuffed out easily. Like when a matter of moments, it was like the second they set it up, it was like, oh, they knew and they were right there to stop it. And then, um, you know, there was no like, fake screen to like, you know, or like a fake to one side, go to the other, which I might help at least like slow down some of the pursuit in some way, but it didn't seem like any of that was in the cards. And then I guess one of my biggest gripes, just watching the, like um, the, the effort, it seemed like the effort wasn't there. I don't know. And I, I'm, I, I can't tell. I don't know if it's just Georgia is that much more, of a better team, which they probably are, but it seemed like the Florida defenders were slow to react. You know, there was people falling all over the place. I know I heard the, the, the field was terrible, so that could be some reason for it. But I mean, there was a play I saw. It was on uh, McConkie's long catch where the safety comes over I can't, I didn't see exactly who it was. The safety comes over to make a play. And like, you know, normally on that play, because the safety was there, if if the safety's just running into it, the safety like blows up McConkie. And I was so pissed. I saw it this morning and I was just like, I couldn't believe how in position he was to make a play. So like, that's exactly what the safety does on that play. Kimber is playing it like he should you know, getting him towards the middle and then the safety should just blow that up. And it either should be an incompletion or if the safety's good enough, should honestly be a pick if he's in position. And he just like, you see him like diving for some reason. And I don't know if that was the field. I have no idea. All I just know is just what I saw. And then McConkie turns it into like a 60 yard gain, you know, kind of schools Kimber there at the end with a little juke. Um, you know, and even Jason Marshall got schooled by McConkie too, where like McConkie catches one on, I think like a, a drag and he stops and like turns around and like Marshall is like so slow to react. I, I mean, I, I know this kid is good. I know Jason Marshall does have talent, but like just to be, I don't know. I didn't understand why he wasn't able to make that play. There was like, three defenders nearby and nobody got to this guy somehow. I don't know. It's, it baffled me yesterday. It baffled me today. Seeing it again. It's um, it was just frustrating. It really was. And it's, and it sucks. Cause it's like, I know they're at five and three and you know, I'm trying to be as much as a realist as I can and not just let op optimism run deep on me because I, that's what I usually do. I try to give the optimist, uh, bent on things but it's like for right now just it's it's a struggle and but i will say though at five and three they have arkansas next week they should be able to win that one arkansas is a two and five team um they have two tough games after that lsu and missouri both on the road which i don't know who scheduled this two away games at the end of the year right in a row like who does that i mean like come on man figure this schedule out, like put mix one of these uh, road games, like somewhere else. Like, I don't know. Florida's had Utah on the road, South Carolina on the road, Kentucky on the road, uh, Mizzou, 
and uh, LSU. So they've had six games on the road, and I think they only have five home games. And I know that happens because of the uh, Florida-Georgia game, but it's still like, man, that is rough. I honestly wish – I wish they had put the Mizzou game uh, after the jo- Florida-Georgia game because then at least like it's like, you know, a road game, whatever. If they had put in the uh, Arkansas game later, at least – I don't know, maybe put it after the Mizzou game, like sandwich in between Arkansas or, or, or between Mizzou and LSU. It just it seems like they kind of messed that schedule up. But regardless, if they can get one of, you know, beat Arkansas and then get one of two of LSU or Mizzou, which is going to be tough. But, you know, I I'm not the biggest believer in Mizzou and LSU's defense can be had so they can score points there. It just will be a track meet because I know Florida's defense has been struggling lately. You know, they got blown out here by Georgia and then, you know, gave up a ton of points against South Carolina. So they really haven't stopped anyone except for uh, uh, Tennessee for the most part. Um, But um, I don't know. But if they get one of two there, get the Arkansas game, then they go into the Florida State game seven and four with a chance to go eight and four. I don't think most Florida fans would would have thought that that would even be possible. And that is, you know what, I, I think if they can get to there, you know, most people won't be mad. And even if they did lose to the Florida State, 7-5, and five, considering that they won a decent amount of SEC games, which that would be, I believe it's Tennessee, Vanderbilt, um, South Carolina, and then if they win Arkansas and then maybe beat Missouri, that's five SEC wins. So five out of eight is not bad uh, considering, um, you know, the, the it's just got to find some optimism at least. I'm going to say that. I know I'm trying to be a realist as much as I can, but find some optimism there. Um, but uh, I don't know, just tough. It was very tough to watch this, very tough to go through this, but. Like I said, there's a chance to finish off the season strong. The recruiting is doing well. Uh, number three in the nation. They just got uh, that big uh, uh, D lineman, McCray, uh, during the uh, bye week. So maybe they can get this this uh, tackle, Seaton. I don't know. He's getting a lot of um, uh, suitors from other schools. So who knows? Okay, moving on to UCLA, Colorado. Um you know, I'm not going to dig Colorado's grave. It is what it is. But looking at their schedule, um, they have a really tough road for the rest of the year. I mean, it is remarkable how good the Pac-12 is this year. And they have Colorado State at home, Arizona at home, which Arizona, we'll talk about later, but is very plucky and very, um, uh, you know, picking teams off left and right. Washington State is a tough team to play with Cam Ward. And then uh, Utah to finish off the year in Salt Lake City. I I don't see any win in any of those games. They're, they're going to have to find a miracle in one of these to, uh, to get to five wins. Six wins is going to be, like, impossible. I, there's no way I see two wins out of these four. They're definitely going to lose at least at least three. And there's a high, high probability of four. But regardless, let me talk about UCLA because that's what we're here about. Um, you know, a lot of turnovers. I think there was – it says Garbers has had one interception, but I'm almost positive. Oh, that's right. The What's-his-face? Um, uh uh, Schley threw the other interception. Okay, so Schley threw an interception. Garbers threw an interception, and then Steele uh, uncharacteristically fumbled it twice. Once while they were about to score in the second quarter. Um, just remarkable game this team had because they're they're a very solid team. Garbers was was great. Um, was very efficient. Um, got some yardage on the ground. Steele still had like 75 yards, but obviously didn't play as much because of the fumbles. 
And then TJ Harden came in, um, in, uh, to spell him and he had a pretty good game, 78 yards. Uh, Logan Loya. Whoa, man, that catch he had that on the sideline. He, I don't know how he got his, I believe it was his right foot down. He has his left foot about to go out of bounds and he somehow manages to get his right foot down as he's, it was just amazing. Just Amazing catch, and he had a great game. Uh, seven catches, 111 yards. Um, the rest of the receiving wasn't that great numbers wise, but they like spread the ball around. It looked like, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, 10, 10 people caught balls. So that's a really good day at the office. And defensively, just man, they were in the backfield the entire time. I think they had like four or five sacks. No, they had more. They had, they had like, yeah, they had five sacks. Uh, Leitu Latu is a stud. If you don't know who he is, number 15 for UCLA. I mean, he is just a freak. And, you know, this UCLA team, I know with Dante Moore, it was like they were trying to see if he could be the guy this year. And it just, you know what? It seems like he's just, it's a little too early for him. And that's fine. He's a freshman. Freshmen are going to make mistakes. There's very few freshmen that come in that actually perform up to a high standard. It's very rare. But defense is very strong. Uh, they can move the ball quite well. Garbers comes in pretty efficient, uh, eliminates most mistakes. He did have the one interception, um, but uh uh, Travis Hunter played a really good game, had two picks, uh, especially both of those picks were pretty impressive picks. And, you know, Garbers is done quite well leading the uh, writing the ship. They have a couple more games that are going to be difficult. They have um, Arizona State, Arizona in the next two weeks, which are very difficult games. And they follow that up with the USC game. Um, in uh in la and then uh the last week against cal so tough couple of weeks these arizona teams are very like i said very plucky um if if they can go one and one in those i don't know maybe they could go two and oh it's gonna be tough the the one at home i can see them easily win but the game in um in tempe i believe that's where Arizona plays uh, is going to be tough. So if they can get that one, man, if they come into the game against USC, if they're, was that two, six, eight, and two, they'd be eight and two coming into the USC game. That's a, hey, you will take that any day. Given a chance to go nine and two, potentially then beating Cal going 10 and two. Whoa. I mean, and that's only, I think that's two conference losses. So they would most likely be out of the Pac 12 race, but still. Great year for Chip Kelly, considering they were replacing DTR um, and Charbonnet. So, hey, man, you'll take this year for sure, especially because the defense looks dominant. Man, that Lynn, they need to lock him down for at least another year or two and find his, you know, a, a, a protege under him too because this defense is solid. If you don't know about their defense, man, it is a dominant defense. Okay. Uh, USC Cal, uh, 50 to 49. What a barn burner, like back and forth. You know, USC was down several times in this game. It was remarkable how much they had to come back and they did. And you know what? They could have packed it in. This is a team that is almost out of like every, like thing conceivable. They're at potentially out of the pac 12, championship race well they only have one loss so they're still kind of in it um they're technically probably out of the playoff race Caleb Williams Heisman hopes may be gone but they kept coming back coming back and he didn't have an amazing game but he still had a really good game uh 369 two TDs um they also uh uh what is it he also had two touchdowns on the ground so he had four total TDs Marshawn Lloyd, I mean, this kid is a stud. Two TDs, 150 yards. I, I, this, this kid is such a great running back. I don't know why he's not like 
just the main back. I know they want other guys out there, but still, he is a stud. Um, Receiving-wise, they had really good numbers. And Marshawn Lloyd had more yards on uh, receiving as well. He had 72 receiving yards. So it's just great day all around offensively. But then again, it's the defense that's really been the problem for USC. Just they gave up 527 yards to a three and five Cal team. I don't know. I, I don't know how they give up six of 14 third downs and then also two of five on fourth down. So technically they converted on eight of 14 opportunities to get first downs, which that is not good. That's not going to win you games. 11 penalties, and they forced Cal into four turnovers and still allowed them to score 49 points. Just crazy. I, I'm amazed that they won this game. The one thing that I will say, though, it seems like when the defense really does need to make a stop on a couple of times now on two-point conversions, they you know raise up and they get the stop. So I will say that is something, but – the rest of it is terrible because they were just running wild on them. I mean, they, the Cal had like so many opportunities to uh, uh, the just wide open holes. The Jaden Ott for Cal had 153 yards on the ground. Just, I mean, he was like, it would, the, the seas would part and he was just boom, just up. Like he was at least one uh, 50 yard rush. And just, it was just, man. I don't I don't know how USC won this game. I really don't. Considering how they were down by multiple scores twice and still somehow came back. And credit to Lincoln Riley for getting them ready to play to come back in this because they could have easily just, you know, taken down their tent and said we're done for the year and this is it. But no, Caleb Williams said, "You know, man, I'm going to keep playing." And they got the win and We'll see what happens the rest of the year because they have a really tough schedule. They have um, Washington, Oregon, UCLA next three weeks. So I might go to the Washington game. I don't know. I know we're going to Disneyland that day, so we probably won't go, which is a shame because I haven't been to a USC game yet this year. But I think I might go to the UCLA-USC game in, in L.A. because – That'll be the weekend before I go to Florida for uh, Thanksgiving and the uh, and the FSU Florida game. Okay, moving on. Speaking of FSU, um, blowout. There's not really much to say. This Wake Forest team is terrible. I mean, if you want to talk about it, Wake Forest is beating. They've beaten Vanderbilt, Elon, Old Dominion, and Pitt. Like that's their victories. They're not a good team. You know, they got smoked by Virginia Tech, smoked by Georgia Tech. They're just not good. And, uh, you know, it's – I don't know. Like, how do you get impressed by Florida State when they're, like, you know, by the, the end of the second quarter, by halftime, the game's basically over? I mean, Griffiths was so inaccurate. He had no pocket awareness, was constantly getting pressured, and, like, constantly not – escaping that pressure was just like running into the pressure and uh the inaccuracy was through the roof i think he was like one for ten at one point and uh florida state you know made some plays keon coleman looked good like i've said i am not doubting that coleman is a solid player um travis had a lot of numbers largely to do with one uh the, a long reception by Benson, where um, it was a short play out to the side, which easily should have been tackled. There was like four defenders coming by and they all like just completely miss and he just runs wild. So it's like a maybe a run for or a catch for like 10 yards turns into a 80 yard catch. So it kind of inflates Jordan's numbers there. Um, I'd like to see his air yards in this one. They're probably pretty low, but you know what? Whatever, man. Like, this is just this team. They they don't play anybody. They uh, um, Pitt is a terrible team next week as well. They have North Alabama two weeks later. Their only real two games probably of the entire season are one against Miami and then uh, two against Florida in Gainesville. That's really it because Clemson is obviously not as good. 
as we thought, and they still had a chance to beat them. And uh, LSU really shot themselves in the foot. So that was it. Like those two opportunities in Miami and Florida, that's it the entire year. The rest of the teams are terrible. Uh, Riley Leonard for Duke was hurt. If he's not hurt, I totally agree that that would have been a good game and a quality game for Florida State to have won. But they probably wouldn't have won that game if Riley Leonard uh, was healthy. So, all right, moving on. Uh, West Virginia, UCF. West Virginia just smokes him in the second half. It was closer at halftime. It was like 21, no, 17 to 14, sorry. 17 to 14 at half. And then uh, West Virginia just puts it to them, and they were up 41-21 into the fourth, and UCF gets a late uh, garbage time touchdown. But Plumlee, three interceptions. Um, they also had a fumble loss as well. Just a terrible game by them. I mean, they did convert a lot of third downs, but, you know, they just couldn't score enough because West Virginia was definitely moving the ball quite a bit. Uh, West Virginia had 450 total and 286 on the ground, which really is the difference because they were gashing UCF. And UCF's defense is not very good. And that's as much as they want to complain about the offense for UCF, their defense is terrible. I'm like, you're not going to win many games if your defense can't uh, stop anybody. And uh, a lot of these Big 12 teams can score points. And it's been evident all year long against uh, UCF that they've been scored on. So West Virginia gets the win, and UCF still does not have a uh, conference win. Hey, welcome to the Power Five, UCF. Okay, uh, speaking of Big 12, Oklahoma, Kansas. I can't remember if I called this upset or not. I'm going to have to look back. I might even, if I get a chance to add a little old clip to this, I might maybe be like, hey, look at this type thing, you know. And uh, But anyway, so uh, Oklahoma uh, back and forth with Kansas. They were up 21-7 at one point. Looked like they were going to about to roll. And then Kansas just kept coming back, man. I will say this, that I thought Jalen Daniels was a big reason for Kansas success, but Jason Bean is really good. Um, he had two interceptions, but for him, I mean, he's still also like a uh, – he's he's not just exclusively a passer. He's a really good uh, rusher as well, and he had 62 yards on the ground and a TD on the ground, but they were just, you know, gashing them uh running wise 225 on the ground and you know they didn't convert many third downs but they made a lot of plays they both had multiple turnovers they had three each but you know Oklahoma we thought they were going to be in the mix for the playoff they beat Texas that was their one big victory now they have a loss against a Kansas team in uh I believe Topeka no where's Kansas's home stadium. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember where Kansas's home stadium is. Um, but uh, Kansas, you know, this team is a surprise team that has done quite well throughout the year. They only have two losses, six and two, you know, with one loss, I believe, in conference play. Yes. No, 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 wait. No, two losses in conference play because they lost to Oklahoma State in, in Texas. So it'll be tougher to get in the mix for Big 12 stuff, but um, definitely a team to look out for because the rest of their schedule is not that difficult. Iowa State, Texas Tech, Kansas State, and Cincinnati. The Kansas State game is obviously difficult. It's a rivalry game uh, at Kansas, so there's a chance that they could easily win that one. Um so they could end up being 10 and two, which man, I don't think because last year was obviously there was a lot of hype around Kansas because their big start and where how bad they had been for years. But if man, if they can get to 10 and two this year, whew, man, that is remarkable. That would be great. But yeah, again, a a huge loss for Oklahoma really hurts their playoff chances. If they win out, they have a really shot, a really good shot at getting there, but they got to win out and they have tough games. Um, let's see, Oklahoma has, 
West Virginia, Oklahoma State, BYU, and TCU. None of those are easy games. So, um, yeah, it's a tough route for for Oklahoma there. We'll see. We don't know. I mean, it's a long ways to go. It's a long season. Tough November. You know, November is definitely where, um, you know, teams prove their moxie for sure. But uh, final score of this one is 38-33 Kansas wins. Okay, moving on. BYU-Texas. I would have thought BYU would have put up a bigger fight here, but Texas wins um, pretty convincingly. BYU never really put a scare into Texas. Texas was constantly um, forcing turnovers from BYU, and that was really the big difference there. I know it was only they had – uh, one more turnover BYU did than Texas, but still it seemed like their momentum was getting killed by these turnovers. And Texas really didn't put up a lot of huge numbers as far as yardage, but they were able to convert those uh, short uh, short fields into scores and they win 35 to six. And I will say that um, Malik Murphy looked pretty good. He had a pick. But he looked pretty good for backup duty. And, you know, yours, just rest up, dude. Just wait until the end of the year because you guys have a lot of tough games as well. Um, Kansas State next week, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. The Kansas State game is the most difficult game. Um, I can see I can see them going at least three and one. But then again, the Kansas State game is in Austin. So there's a chance that they could easily win that game just because of being home and a lot of hype around it being a, a top 25 matchup. Okay. Next game, Notre Dame Pitt. I didn't really watch this game and I didn't even see the highlights. Uh, I knew it was going to be bad. Pitt is not a very good team. I don't know how they beat Louisville. I really don't. I even saw the highlights of that game. I'm still mystified that that happened. Um, but Notre Dame wins easily 58 to seven. Uh, Sam Hartman goes off. He did have two picks, which, you know, that is something there. But um, the rest of the team looked really good. Estime had another big day. He had uh, 114 on the ground. And um, even Notre Dame's backup had a really good day. So, uh, yeah, just a blowout, never close. I mean, it was it was 17 nothing at half. And then Notre Dame scores 27 straight points in the uh uh in the third so good for them still a very slim 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 chance of the playoff they'd have to have a lot go their way a lot of teams lose and their schedule is by far the best out of anyone because they've played ohio state they've played duke they've played clemson they've played usc or they'll play clemson and they played usc so that's four really good teams and um uh yeah, so they they ever if they beat Clemson next week, they should win out because they play Wake Forest and Stanford, and ten and two Notre Dame with that schedule. I don't know, man. I would be. I would. The reason I would I would want to see it is because of Sam Hartman and nothing else to do with the rest of the team. The rest of the team is good, but the real reason is the elevation of a very good quarterback. And it's like I would want to see it in the playoff because. You never know coming in to the playoff what would happen with it with a quarterback like that. And I just wish they had beaten that Louisville team because, I mean, it, it was a good game. Louisville definitely deserved to win. They were definitely the better team there. But, you know, if Notre Dame had just won that game, they would be uh, right in the mix. They, God, they should have beat Ohio State. I don't know how they lost that game. They should have beat them. Okay, Oregon, Utah. Shh. It could have been the game of the day, but it was a blowout as well. This one was 35 to six Oregon wins convincingly. It was never close. I mean, Utah's offense was just putrid, but I will say Oregon's defense looked very good. And I, that may be the like uh caveat here where it's like last week, USC's defense, you know, kind of couldn't keep up with Utah's offense, even though Utah's offense was putrid for the most part. And this time it's like, no, Oregon's defense is sound. They took it to him. Uh, you know, Barnes had 136 yards and two interceptions. Almost, uh, um, almost had around like 50% completion percentage. Just a tough day for everyone for uh, Utah, and 
Oregon gets the win. And you know what? Oregon moving on seven and one. They have a lot of tough games. They've got this USC game at home, which is it should be should be something that they take advantage of. They've got Cal at home. They should win that one. Arizona State on the road, which is tough. Like I said, they're plucky. And then really the last game of the year, Oregon State, Oregon. But that game's in Autzen Stadium, so you never know. Three games at home and at the end of the year, that's a – whoever made their schedule was really, really uh, favoring them because that's that's amazing that they got that that road for the end of the year. So they have a real shot of uh, finishing up the year at a, a, a good mark. And they could go – uh, 11 wins. And then if they get into the Pac-12 championship, they have a real shot at getting in the playoffs. So we'll see. Duke Louisville. I didn't watch a single highlight of this because I honestly thought that Leonard wasn't going to play and then his backup was going to play. But Leonard played and he still is not healthy because the numbers bear that out and they couldn't do anything. And, and that also honestly proves that Florida State is not as good as we think because Duke got smoked 23-0 while Duke was pretty was very much in the game against Florida State the week before. So, again, Louisville wins 23-0. Uh, I wish I could have watched highlights. I had to eliminate some games because I didn't have much time because uh, I woke up at 6 a.m. today, you know, and it, it just the, the we're going to see the movie, and it's like I, I had to hurry this stuff up. So I, I – just couldn't watch this one and I apologize. Uh, 23 nothing there, Louisville. Uh, Washington, Stanford, back and forth game. This is a really good game. Stanford obviously is not the best team. They're able to move the ball on offense, which, you know, granted, I'll say Washington's defense needed to play better here and it should have been more of a blowout. But, you know, Penix does what he needs to do, has a solid day, 369 through the air, four TDs. Did have a pick. Uh, Polk had a bunch of great catches, two TDs, 148. Uh, Adunze had another catch for a touchdown. He had 89 yards. Um, you know, this Washington team has probably the best victory all year, beating that Oregon team. So I will say right now, it would be hard-pressed to keep them out of the playoff selection coming up on Tuesday. So... I had I'd have to have Washington. You probably have to have Georgia. You probably have to have Michigan, and you probably have to have uh, a fourth team. I'd say probably Ohio State, just because Ohio State has played Notre Dame, Penn State, and Wisconsin, and Notre Dame on the road and Wisconsin on the road. Florida State has only really played uh, Clemson on the road, and that's it. They haven't played any really tough opponents on the road. So I would have to say that Ohio State has a better um, uh, a better resume right now than Florida State. So that's the four. So I got Washington, Georgia, um, Ohio State, and Michigan. I don't really know order-wise. I don't like – you know, I – I guess I would probably put Georgia one, Ohio State two, Washington three, and Michigan four. That's what I would say. And last two out, probably, I would say Texas at this point, and um, probably or, or Oregon and then Texas are the last two out. Okay. But Washington wins pretty convincingly. And then, um, not pretty convincing. It was close. Sorry. I, I, I was getting out of the playoff talk back into the, the game. But no, the Washington wins in a close game. They had to score late to really uh, 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 separate themselves. Uh, but hey, you know what? These close games, games on the road, conference games on the road, you just really just got to win. That's all that matters. And they do. 8-0. They have a really tough road. Mm -hmm. They've got USC. They've got Utah at home. Oregon State on the road in Corvallis, which team where teams go to die, and then Washington State at the end. That's a really, that's a murderer's row right there. USC has only two losses. Utah only has two losses. Oregon State with two losses. Washington State's the wheels kind of falling off on Washington State, but still, 
just a really tough road for Washington to try to get in. At least they have a one-game wiggle room here because if they lose one game, they still have the advantage on Oregon. And the rest of these teams all have two losses, so they are pretty much in good footing. USC only has one conference loss, so it's better for USC. But I think they still have potential here to lose one game, Washington, and still get in the mix for one Definitely Pac-12 championship and then two uh, playoff. Okay, moving on. Tennessee, Kentucky, d- interesting game back and forth. Uh, Tennessee scored late to to go up ahead by nine. Um, you know, Devin Leary had by far his best game. Like I, the whole year that I've watched him play, this was his best game, and it's not even close. Um, Ray Ray Davis. Uh, uh, Definitely not a good game. 16 of 42, which is – I didn't know his real name is Ramon. I thought it was just Ray Davis. Um, but, you no, know, Jalen Wright had a great game, a great game for Tennessee. And um, Samson, killer on that last drive. Just huge runs, huge touchdown. Tennessee gets the win. I'm really only looking at this game because I'm liking to see what happens with Tennessee going forward, especially – uh, what they do against Mizzou and Georgia, which I think, I think they can beat Mizzou. I don't know if they can beat Georgia. It's in Knoxville, so there's a chance. I think they have Georgia before they have Mizzou. Um, no, they have Mizzou afterward or Mizzou first, and it's on the road. So, oh, that's tough. That's gonna be that's a tough two games, Mizzou and then Georgia. Whew. Because they should beat UConn easily, but Mizzou on the road, that'll be an interesting game. I I want Mizzou to lose that game because um, the next week Florida plays them. So I want like Mizzou to have lost to Georgia and Mizzou or to Tennessee. So then it sets up uh, them coming off two straight losses. And it's like a little bit easier for Florida maybe to take advantage of that situation. Uh, But we'll see. Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Interesting game. It was back and forth for a little bit. And then Ohio State kind of this scores that late touchdown to really go up 24-10. But final score, 24-10. Um, Kyle McCord had two interceptions. Um, Wisconsin's offense looks putrid. No surprise there. Um, but Ohio State looked really good. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. had really good catches. One of the touchdowns was like a corner, like foot foot down, you know, like just remarkable play. Uh, Travion Henderson had a really good game. Um, you know, this Ohio State team just keeps winning. They outgained them 407 yards to 259. Just they do the things to win. They had a lot of turnovers, which could have cost them, but, you know, it didn't, and they're able to get out of this game pretty unscathed. Um, so we'll see what, what happens going forward. They, they don't really have that many hard games left besides the Michigan game. They should easily beat Rutgers, easily beat Michigan State, easily beat Minnesota. So that last that game at the you know last week of the season is going to set up everything because it determines who goes to the Big Ten championship. And potentially both of them could get in again like they had last year, but I don't know if they'll do that again. We'll see. Uh, UNC, Georgia Tech. Tech wins 46-42 upset. North Carolina was once undefeated two weeks ago, now with consecutive losses to one Virginia and now Georgia Tech. Haynes King looked great in this game. Drake May played well as well. It's just, you know, there was no defense in this game. It was just back and forth, huge runs all over the place, huge plays left and right. I mean, I'm looking at the scoring plays, 42 yards, 35 yards, uh, 35 yards, 70, like just massive plays on both sides of the ball. It was back and forth. You know, Tech went up. Um, actually, Tech was never up until the very end. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and just North Carolina was keeping pace, keeping pace, trying to stay ahead of them. And then it was like Tech just in that fourth quarter outscores them 21-7 and just, man, 635 yards for Tech. I, you got to fire uh, Gene Chizik after that game. That is terrible. I mean, Tech is. I know they're four and four, and they do have victories against Miami and uh, and now North Carolina, but they lost to BC. 
and they lost to Bowling Green. Ugh. Just, I don't know. This Tech team, I don't know what to make of them. They are they seem to be better in, than years past, but I, I would like to see what they do. One against Virginia and then two against Clemson here in the next two weeks. Um, and they have Georgia at home, so we'll see. Okay, these last two I need to do really quick because I, uh, I got to go. But uh, Oregon State upset against Arizona. I'm telling you, man, this Arizona team is plucky, man. They're now at five and three. 27-24 wins this game. This was like, you know, fourth quarter, it was, I think it was like 10, 10 to 13. And then Oregon State was scoring a little bit. And then Arizona just put it to him there near the end. And uh, Noah, I don't know how to say his name, Fafita, um, 275, three TDs through the air. He's good, man. He's just very solid quarterback. He had one interception, but only seven incompletions. Um, they definitely, you know, like this is not a team that's like just going to roll over now. And they have UCLA, like I said, they should beat Colorado. They have a tough Utah team and then the Arizona, Arizona State. So, whew, like Arizona, watch out for this team, man. And it's what's his face. Um, I think it's the guy that used to work for uh, New England. So last one real quick. Air Force wins 30 to 13. Uh, Larrier only throws seven passes for 32 yards and they easily get the win. What'd they rush for? Rush for 261 on the ground. Yeah, just this team doesn't turn the ball over, runs right through everyone and plays really good defense. And they, you know, Colorado State moved the ball, but, you know, they just, this Air Force team, man, I, there's something about them, man. They're very, they're very plucky. Very plucky. And this is a key word I've been saying all day, plucky. Uh, but yeah, 8-0. And they have Army next week. They should win. Hawaii on the road, tough, um, just for the travel. And then UNLV and Boise State. So we'll see. If they end up undefeated, that is – you could see them in a, big, uh, a New Year's Six Bowl. But that is the show. That's it. I got to go. My name is Chris McLean. You can catch us at haterradio.com um, at hater underscore radio for all the socials except for Facebook and YouTube. Facebook is hater radio CFB. YouTube is at hater radio. Hater radio one at gmail.com for email. Ian has his socials, which I don't know, but you can follow him. And that's it, man. Enjoy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. All right, see ya.